Welcome to The New Way, the bite-sized podcast for leaders and executives like you who want to transform their organisation and inspire people to work in new ways. Forget stalled progress and disappointment from upstairs. Each episode, I reveal how to communicate your vision, drive change, and become the leader that everyone loves. No BS or fluff, just the practical info that you need. I'm Dr. Kate Byrne. Get ready for actionable insights, mini execution plans, and game-changing secrets from my 20 years in the trenches, supporting senior leaders to introduce the new way. (laughs) Let's get started. Well, hi, hi there. It's so great to have you joining me for this episode of The New Way. I am actually really excited for this one. The sun is shining here today and it finally feels like spring, which is definitely helping my mood, given we continue to be in lockdown here in Canberra and it was pissing down with rain all weekend. (laughs) And look, I know there's a good chance that you're in lockdown right now too. Something that's been really helping me recently is keeping a strong workday routine, including when I log on and start work, which is quite early, and when I log off and stop work for the day. I'm one of those people who can have a tendency to kind of overwork or accidentally work very long hours if I'm not being careful. I've learnt that I need to have a reason to stop working each day, like an appointment for a Zoom workout class or a Zoom with a friend booked at a certain time to help me feel that sense of urgency to wrap things up each day and transition into offline time. Anyway, uh, maybe that helps you too, but it's definitely something that's been helping me. Okay, okay, let's dive into today's topic and how to make it easy for your stakeholders to participate in your change program. Now, I want to be clear, I'm talking specifically about how you can get people to not just be aware of, but to actually be taking action to support the change program and to help bring the new way, whether that be following new processes, using a new app, introducing job families, or even increasing employee leadership capability across the organization, whatever the change is, I am talking about the action that is needed on the ground to bring it to life. Over the past few years, I've come across many change programs in government that, well, (laughs) they're just not really delivering, not in the way they'd hoped anyway. The projects are usually fully funded. You know, if it's a digital transformation program, BAs and developers are working away on things, you know, really hard going for it. If it's a cultural change, consultants are, you know, they're off interviewing folks and they're submitting reports with recommendations and the HR team in corporate are busy creating frameworks and updating policies and all that good kind of stuff. Either way, whatever the nature of the transformation program, the change manager or the change team is very busy. I see this all the time. They're often spending their days attending a bunch of meetings and doing important things like doing the training needs analysis and designing capability uplift plans. But when it's time to report on outcomes not just outputs, but outcomes, it becomes clear that things aren't on track. There's just no real traction or momentum in the business for the change. 
And this is why what we're covering today is so important. There's a gap between all that doing and busyness and directing our change effort to the things that will genuinely help move the needle and get results. So today I'm getting tactical and I'm talking all about how you can support and encourage folks once you're clear on the specific actions that you ideally want those impacted stakeholders to take in the time frame that you ideally need them to happen, how you can support and encourage folks to do just that. I've got three tips to share with you today. I promise you that these practical tactics are definitely going to apply to your change initiative, no matter your organization's unique circumstances, and they are absolutely game-changing. Use these three tactics at every stage of the change journey and get ready to see a whole lot more traction and support for the change across your business. Okay, let's dive in. The first tip that I want to share is that a confused mind always says no. A confused mind always says no. When we're confused, we are way less likely to make decisions and even less likely on top of that to act. Research has shown that this is true in purchase decisions and buying behaviours. And so this concept also easily translates and is really useful to think about in the context of organisational change. You know, waffly language, giving people a thousand options, saying different things to different groups of people, having pages and pages and pages of key messages. <laughs> By the way, I just held up my hands and did air quotes when I said key messages then. <laughs> Using technical jargon, using fancy sounding words, trying to cover 60 slides in a 20 minute presentation, acting like you're communicating with a robot or acting like you're the robot yourself, excluding context, assuming knowledge, all of these things make people confused. <laughs> As the change leader, a big part of your role is ensuring that you bring folks along on the change journey. And to do this, clarity is absolutely king. You've probably heard me say this before in another episode, but it bears repeating. Always, always aim for clear over clever. Let me give you some specific easy examples of what you can do to bring this to life right now. Tactically, clarity looks like consistent key messages, no more than three to five key messages that you want people to remember, giving people no more than three options at any one time, making sure that the options you have given people are clearly distinct from one another, including a specific call to action in all communications. Asking yourself, what is the next best bite-sized step that you want people to take? Always being clear in yourself and knowing the answer to that question. Uh, and by the way, your answer to that question, it's going to change over time as uh, the change journey progresses. But whatever your answer to that question is, that is your call to action. That's what your call to action should always be. 
other ways to help reduce confusion and up the clarity is aiming for a year seven level comprehension in all of the communication materials that you're creating and putting out there. Visually speaking, it's also about using formatting, you know, relevant icons, structure, white space, and making sure that everything meets that AAA accessibility rating. Those are also very powerful ways to help increase clarity. Out of everything I just said, the most important part of this is to be clear about the next action that you want people to take at every opportunity, every time you're engaging with a stakeholder. Be very clear about the next action, bite-sized action you want them to take and to explicitly state or call that out using simple language at every opportunity. Alrighty, the second big tactic that you can use to dramatically increase the level of engagement for your change initiative across the board is to make people feel taken care of. It sounds simple enough, doesn't it? But it is crazy how rarely I see this happening on government change initiatives in practice. That is outside of supporting the minister, the secretary, the senior executive sponsor or the project board. It seems like everyone else out there is a second class citizen. It's unfortunate then, isn't it, that this is usually the group, the second class citizens of everyone else, that are often the folks that are the ones that really need to buy in and change their behaviours for our change initiatives to be a success. It's a bummer, isn't it? They're the ones that we're depending on and we just can't win without them. So the key is to make them feel taken care of. So what does it mean to make someone feel taken care of in this context? What does that look like in practice? Well, for me, it looks like making the effort to get to know and understand our stakeholders and then going the extra distance to tailor our communications to each stakeholder group to make sure that we're using language and that we're referencing ideas and challenges and benefits and stories that are genuinely meaningful to them. It also means engaging with all impacted stakeholder groups through the entire change journey, not just focusing on a couple of your favourites or the ones that are holding the purse strings. <laughs> You've got to let people know what's going to happen. Giving them something genuinely useful after each interaction is also very important and a really powerful way to convey um, that sense of helping people feel like you're taking care of them. So that thing that you leave with them, that you give to people, it might be a cheat sheet or a roadmap image, an infographic of some kind, talking points, a one-pager that answers their biggest questions. It might be a link to a relevant TED Talk, an example of future dashboards that they can expect to see, whatever, <laughs> as long as it's relevant to their important role in the change that kind of helps it bring it to life for them and makes people really feel like you have thought about them and their needs. Making your stakeholders feel taken care of is also about making them feel good about participating. So on a tactical level for your change initiative, I want you to think about how you might be able to acknowledge their involvement in a meaningful way. 
Could you, for example, nominate a certain team for a divisional award or perhaps a commendation from the secretary? Could you feature them in an article uh, in your organization's newsletter? Could you ask them to participate in a, you know, a case study video or a promotional video series, something like that? There are many ways to thank and to make folks feel good about actively participating in your change initiative. The key is to think about it and to come up with ways that would be particularly meaningful for them. Okay, now the last tip I'm going to share today is to focus on influencers. Now, influencers are absolutely key when it comes to mobilizing change in any organization. Have you ever bought something because someone you follow and like online said great things about the product? (laughs) Look, I have. In fact, I'm a total sucker for this. So please don't feel bad if you have as well. In the same way that influencers on Instagram and YouTube can act as brand ambassadors and help grow businesses and brands by sharing products with their audiences, the concept of influencer marketing can be applied to your transformation program too. When it comes to organisational change and helping to bring to life that game-changing traction that we really need to make a difference, there are two types of influencers that I'm interested in here. The first are the managers and the team leaders of folks that are going to need to live the change day to day to make things a success. So these are the formal or official influencers in an organisation. They follow, you know, the organisational structure and lines of responsibility and accountability. But of course, there are other influences inside any organization. Those ones that don't have direct or official lines of accountability. I'm talking about those go-to employees, the ones that are well-liked and respected by their peers. Just like the online influencers that I mentioned a moment ago, these folks are highly credible and other employees really, really value their opinions. While these influencers are informal and usually more hidden, I bet that you already know that they can be just as, if not more, powerful than managers in many organisations in terms of their influence. Mapping organisational networks and, look, putting the time in to genuinely get to know your impacted stakeholders and stakeholder groups can help you identify your most important and relevant hidden influences. Now, one of those groups isn't necessarily more important than the other. Both kinds can really help change behaviour. The key is to focus on both and to focus on identifying and working with influencers to help promote the action that you want people to take to bring your organisational change to life. Tactically speaking, there are two quick things that I recommend you do when working with influencers. First, Give them information to share. Influencers are knowledgeable, right? That's one of the reasons we listen to them. That's why we're drawn to their opinions in the first place. So by all means, give your influencers advance notice. Give them talking points or a one-pager with the key messages that you hope they share. Let them know ideally what action you want folks to take. My second tip here is to create opportunities for influencers to speak from personal experience wherever you can. For example, this might mean giving them early access, so perhaps in the form of getting them to participate in test labs or showing them prototypes and asking them to review the products or the content and to get their take. 
know that when you do this, an influencer will likely talk about their experience with their team or their circle. And that is the whole point. Don't be afraid of that. That is what you want. Of course, do everything you can, absolutely everything to make sure the experience is epic for them when you do that. But whatever you do, Never, ever try to control what they say after the fact. It's important to let influencers really speak authentically from personal experience, especially for informal or hidden influencers. Their credible opinion is one of the big, big reasons why they are an influencer in the organization in the first place. Now, when you get this right, finding and working strategically with organizational influencers in this way will help skyrocket and absolutely amplify your change efforts and the key messages that you want to put out there. So there you have it. Three powerful tips to help you make it way easier for employees to participate in the change program. Just to recap, the three tips that I shared are one, A confused mind always says no, (laughs) it just always does. Two, make people feel taken care of and find ways to do that. And three, focus on influencers. I shared a bunch of practical tactics in this episode so that you have a really solid roadmap to incorporate these into your change plan this week. This week, you can do it right now. And when you do and you keep them up consistently, I have no doubt that you're going to notice more and more pockets of traction and active support for your change initiative popping up across the organization and that positive momentum really building. Change success will be on the way. (laughs) And soon the positive trend will be really obvious in your progress reporting. I hope that you found this conversation really useful and that you're inspired to make sure that you've got these bad boys covered in your own change strategy this week. If you are, I would love you to please share this podcast with someone in your network that you think would really enjoy it so that we can share these ideas and together help change teams everywhere deliver really, really great work. Thank you so much for joining me today and I can't wait to connect with you again next time. Take care. Bye for now.